Last week we talked about doubt and what doubt means and, and how Jesus brought out, amen, clear that doubt gets in the way of your faith. In fact, even his brother James, amen, in the book of James, he brings out that you don't even think you're going to receive anything if doubt's in the picture. Are you with me? Now, again, Pastor Jerry did not make that up, did not write that. There is no book in here that says Jerry's epistle or the gospel according to Jerry. Not even first Jerry. Amen. But what we have in here is principles, amen, and we are talking about the principle of faith or the law of faith and, and primarily dealing with roadblocks. Today, we're going to go to, let's go to Mark 11. We kind of ended up somewhere around there last week, but we're going to pick it up this week. Mark 11. Are you with me today? Again, I ask that multiple times, and I do it on purpose because it's real easy to check out. And all you're thinking about is lunch. Soup. There will be soup today. Soup. All right. So anyway, Jesus said, have faith in God. How, what a concept. How many know that's probably a good thing right there? Now, of course, this is words in red, obviously. Jesus said, have faith in God. Amen. Have confidence in God. Put your trust in God. Amen. Put your assurance and reliance and dependence upon God. Have conviction in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Have faith in God. Verse 23, please. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, here it is, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever things he says, right? Come on. Verse 24, please. Therefore, as a result of, in other words, because of verse 23, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, did you notice it says whatever things? Amen. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, do you think he's lying? Is Jesus lying? Well, I just don't know if it really means that. So then you think he lied. Here, here. So, all right. So in this text so far... He brings out, amen, that doubt cannot play a part. You got to get rid of the doubt, right? We talked about that, defined all that last week. But verse 25 is where we're going today. Verse 25, and wherever, or whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, uh-oh, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Okay, verse 25. Six, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses, all right? Verse 25, again, put that up because you notice it says against, uh, let's see, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Okay, now a lot of times you speed read that and you assume, okay, what that means is God's holding back. Uh, you know, God's not going to forgive me. That's kind of how we quickly take that. But what you have to understand is what you've just done by, by holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness 
And those kind of things that are wrapped around that ought, okay, those kind of things, what happens is now you've limited not only yourself, you have limited the hand of God. We need to stop asking the questions, why wouldn't God such and such, such and such? Start asking, why couldn't God? Are you with me? See, the quicker you get a hold of that, the quicker you'll get stuff changed. Stop blaming God because something didn't work. Is God a liar? Oh, I'd never say that, Pastor. Well, when you say God did that to you or God, you know, withheld a promise from you, you just called him a liar. (gasps) Well, I didn't mean that. Well, you probably, you know, maybe in yourself probably didn't mean that. But somewhere along the line, you got to stop and go, God is never my problem. And I might just throw in there, and preacher is never your problem. (laughs) I saw I throw that one in there. But God is never your problem. See, there are things that hold back the hand of God. If our faith is somehow trying to cross-pollinate with stuff, or you're trying to exercise your faith, and at the same time do the things that cut you off at the knees, we got to stop it. Are you with me? Unbelief. No, go, gone, be done with it. Doubt, go, gone, be done with it. Unforgiveness, go, gone, be done with it. Years ago, uh, I learned this this principle, uh, kind of the, maybe the hard way, I could say. Um, Years ago, I was having teeth problems. Some of you know the, the story, <clears throat> and um, just a lot of lot of problems in the in the with the teeth, and and uh, so I'm I'm standing on the word. I got a word for everything. There's even a word in there about your mouth, you know, being you know made whole. And I'm I'm standing on those promises. I'm speaking that word, and and man, it just seemed like man, this thing's dragging out. What's the problem? Why am I not? getting my healing, because I've, I've received healing for, for things in my body more times than um, even at that time. I could multiple times have received healing, but for some reason, this thing with the mouth, with the teeth was just, man, dogging my tracks, and man, I, could, I couldn't get over it, couldn't get past it, and I thought, what is going on? So I, I kind of had one of these little conversations, these come-to-Jesus moments, you know what I mean, with the Lord, and I just said, what is up? I, have re- I mean, your word has been shown and proven in my life multiple times. Why am I having so hung up with this? Why is it dogging my tracks? He, here he's, he said, you have ought in your heart. Ought. Had to look it up. <laughs> no, I pretty much knew what it meant. I had unforgiveness in my heart. And uh, at this time, we'd already lived in, we're already living in Oregon. I haven't been here real long, but, but we've been here a little while. And um, so I'm trying to think of unforgiveness. I'm trying to think of who, who do I, I can't even think of anybody here that I got unforgiveness toward. And so, you know, I'm having this, you know, I'm thinking, you know, he must, he's talking to the wrong guy. It must be, 
I bet you you're talking to the neighbor, and I just overheard it. No, I said, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know. So all of a sudden, he just started reeling off names, names, names. And, and pretty much all of them were people from back in Nebraska when I, where I came from. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, you know, you're right. You know, because you, you know, just, just like, you know, he, he bring up, you know, his name. And I go, Oh, you're right, Lord. I, I, I forgive him. I, I release that. You're right. I see that. He brought up her name. I, oh, I release that. I forgive her. Another name. Oh, yeah. Oh, in this name. Yeah. Man, I'm thinking, my gosh, I must have some really issues here. You know, so I'm starting to forgive. And then all of a sudden he mentioned a name. And I went, whoa, breaks. <sighs> said, not him. That guy, you know, did some things. He crossed some lines. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you know, it's like the, it's like the presence of God just kind of left. And all of a sudden this... And it's just, you know, the hand of God lifts, and boy, you might be amazed what kind of pains you have in your body. Just saying. So anyway, all of a sudden I recognize, okay, this is an issue. So I had a little conversation with him about it. I just said, you know what that guy did? Yep. Well, it wasn't right. Nope. He shouldn't have done that. Nope. He shouldn't have said that. Nope. Well, it shouldn't have happened. Right. Up to this point, he's agreeing with me. Right? And I said, well, I don't get it. You have aught in your heart that has to go. And all of a sudden I realized, and these verses start jumping out at you, and I recognized this is a problem. Now listen, all right? This is how, why and how come I learned this, amen? Because at that particular moment, all of a sudden I recognized what he was talking about, and I made a decision right then. I'm going to release that man, and I did. In my heart, I released him. Amen. If I would have saw that man, you know, a few seconds later, I would have shook his hand, gave him, hugged his neck even. Are you with me? I released him. I said, Lord, I release him. I forgive the man. Done. Listen, it wasn't but a second or two later, all the pain in my mouth left my body. Instantly. Instantaneous healing. So what are you getting at? You haven't figured it out yet? Come on. Sometimes that's a roadblock to your faith. You're believing for something, but you've got odd in your heart. You've got unforgiveness. It'll mess up your day. Listen to me. And we're not denying the existence that maybe you were done wrong. And God isn't even denying the existence that you were done wrong. And he's not denying the fact that you might have a complaint or you might have something that has, you know, maybe bothered you about this or bothered you about that. He's not denying any of it. He just said, unforgiveness will kill you. Will definitely kill your faith. And whatever it is you're trying to get for a decisive victory, if unforgiveness, 
Forgiveness is there. It's probably going to mess it up. Now, let's look at another reference. Are you with me? Or am I boring you? All right, Matthew 6. Model prayer. Jesus you know, tells them, they ask him, how do we pray? He said, well, in this manner, he's got, kind of gives you this outline form. You know, our Father uh, in heaven, hallowed be your name. We all know that, right? All right. Oh, you got it all. Okay, great. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, blessed be your name. Amen. Your kingdom come. Come on, right? Your realm, your reign, your, look at this, your reign or realm loosed. Okay, your kingdom, okay, that's what it refers to. So the realm of heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth as, do you think Jesus is making this up? Man, that was, that was even from the old covenant. Deuteronomy 11 brings out, makes it real clear. You could have days like heaven on earth. Or you can choose your own way and have days like hell on earth. Well, I choose heaven. How about you? So he says there's a realm, a kingdom that's available. So what we're praying is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now hang on to that. Verse, so let's go on here. Verse 11. Hallelujah. So it goes on. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, provision. And forgive us our debts. Most of your translators will even say trespasses, okay? As we forgive our debtors. You know, there's a, there's a guideline. Not only, uh, come on, forgive us as we, right? Forgive us as we, all right. Okay, do not lead us into temptation. Keep us clear, direct us, guide us, lead us, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. In other words, you can be steer clear of every pitfall. Amen. You do not have to fall into every pitfall the enemy lays out there. Even Psalms 91 brings that out. There's, there's a snare of the enemy that's laid out, but if you, hang on, if you stay in that secret place with him, he directs you, guides you, and leads you, steers you clear of those pitfalls. Are you with me? All right, now I'm heading somewhere with this. All right. Verse, uh, at the end of 13 here, I believe it is, it just says, uh, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, so there's... The model prayer, amen. In other words, the outline of it, I, I believe there's more than that, but I think he just kind of give you the basics. But verse 14, but look at this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you yours, right? But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Isn't that amazing that after that whole thing and then what he goes back to is about forgiveness, why is it? Because forgiveness will mess up your prayer life. Or unforgiveness, I meant. Thank you. Not having forgiveness. There you go. Are you with me? All right, let's look at another one here. Let's look at John 20. John 20. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. Well, believe me, actually, I do. Okay? Hallelujah. See, forgiveness is a catalyst creating an atmosphere that's conducive for God to move. If there's a realm to be had and He wants your, heaven's realm loosed on earth around you, you want to have days like heaven on earth, then one of those things that has to go is unforgiveness. Are you with me? It has to go. It has to. All right? You just can't play around with that mess. All right? Uh, one guy said it this way. He says that uh, forgiveness is, um, how does he word it? Forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves, amen, because 
If you don't, what happens is you'll mess up your future. Right? All right. Forgiveness, I've heard it even said, and some of you have heard these kind of phrases before too. Forgiveness is like drinking poison hoping the other person dies. Or unforgiveness, sorry. I keep saying forgiveness. No. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison. And you're hoping that the other person dies from it. I mean, that's kind of silly. Right? Unforgiveness has got to go. Hallelujah. Let's see here. What did I tell you? John 20. Look at verse uh, 23. Okay. He just got in talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you forgive the sins of any, you are, uh, they are forgiven, uh, forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Forgiven and retained. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, to forgive again, to let go, to pardon, to excuse, right? Most of us figure that out. But retain means to see something, hold it, hold it back, take hold of it, and not let go. It literally means to one, point, to one degree, it begins, it uses to use the strength. What it means is you literally have to burn energy to hang on to this. That's exactly right. Okay, so you can either release them or you can retain it to the point that you've got to fight to hold it. And it's up to you. When I first read this, I always thought it was just referring to, you know, what it does for them. But no, the whole thing's about what it does for you. See, it's our choice whether we're going to release it or hold on. Now, you know what? That person may have already, I mean, maybe they did something to you, uh, or maybe they did, you know, maybe they didn't even know they did something to you. And they're just moving on with their life, but here you are, going to hang on to that. Or maybe they, they maybe knew they crossed the line, and maybe they even said, Lord, you know, forgive me. You know, whether they came to you or not, maybe they've already released it and kind of talked to the Lord about it, and they're going on with their life, but you're over here going. <laughs> and it's messing up your life. I thought this was a good one. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that you were the prisoner. Uh-huh. See, it's not excusing what was done. It's preventing it from destroying you. Because unforgiveness will kill you. It destroys your faith. Whew. How about this? Go to Matthew 11. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? So I said, well, Pastor, couldn't you talk about something else today? Matthew 11, verse 6. I thought this was interesting. So Jesus is talking um, to a couple of John the Baptist's disciples, okay? John the Baptist at this time is in prison. He's been locked up. He's not a happy camper about it because really, in all honesty, it's kind of a, it was more of about a religion or pardon me, a uh, political thing. The, a political figure basically was just trying to, you know, got tired of John the Baptist kind of always getting in his business, 
And so he just said, fine, I'll just lock the guy up. So that's what he did. So it didn't, it didn't make John a happy camper. And so John, you know, after a while being in prison, he sends word to Jesus and he makes the comment that, you know, are you the coming Messiah or should we look for another? <laughs> See, I think it's been working on him a little too long in there. Come on. Is anybody hearing me? He knew daggone well who the Messiah was. Come on. And he knew, amen, amen. He knew who Jesus was, and he knew he was the one. Amen. He was there when he, uh, when he was water baptized. He knew the whole thing. He was there for all of it. He saw it all. So the disciples of, of John the Baptist go, and they bring word to Jesus. You know, he's, you know this is what he said. You know, if you're, if you're it, then great. But if not, then who, who, who do we need to be looking for? You know, kind of a thing. Well, the point is, is he's offended. He's offended. Because how come he's in prison? What's the deal? What did I do? Come on. You ever, been, you ever felt like stuff going on in your life that, why me? Well, this is what's going on in John's life right now. Okay? And it didn't end up good for John. But uh, Jesus, you know, acknowledges it. And, you know, he gives, you know, he goes on to talk about, you know, the fact that John was, is a great, great man of God. Okay, but he said this to the disciple or John's disciples said, send that word back to him. He says, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. See, do you think Jesus knew what he was talking about? It's not a trick question. See, obviously he knew John was offended at him. He was offended at God. Uh-oh. Now we might be meddling. Because sometimes we have unforgiveness toward God. We think God did this or God did that. Or why God, why did he do this or why didn't he do this? Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, you got to get rid of it. So, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. The Passion says it this way. Tell John that the blessing, get this now, the blessing of heaven comes to those who are not offended at me. Remember we read there in John or, or in Matthew 6, the kingdom, huh? your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, the quickest way to, to mess that up is to get, you know, with some unforgiveness. It just messes up the unseen for you. It allows the enemy in. He continues to ransack your life instead of running him out. And what happens is if you don't get this kind of mess gone, all you end up doing is getting madder and madder, more upset and more upset. Pointing fingers, blaming, being offended. Offense can go, the word offense in itself, even the, uh, in the Greek, when you, when you define the word offense, scandalon, it, just means, it literally means trap of the enemy. That's what it means. So an offense is a trap of the enemy. An offense is, is, comes out of things like unforgiveness. Are you with me? 
So this all feeds together in this kind of mess. It all kind of, you know, kind of runs together. So what it is, it becomes now a trap. So you're mad at your spouse or, or your family member or that guy at the workplace or your boss or God himself, and you're now offended because something didn't happen the way you wanted it to. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon now it's a trap that you've literally you know, tripped into or stepped into that now has you. And now you're trying to believe God for something in your life to change, and it won't change. It doesn't, for some reason, it never seems to change. Why won't it change? See, now God's duping me again. God ain't duping you. You have an enemy. But he's got you convinced that it's him, that it's God. The Amplified says, blessed, this verse 6, blessed, he defines it as happy, fortunate, and to be envied is he who takes no offense at me, finds no cause for stumbling in or through me, this is Jesus talking, and is not hindered from seeing the truth. Because when we're offended, a lot of times we're not seeing it clear. Come on. Because if you understood what unforgiveness is, amen, you'd lose it now. Well, I just don't, you just don't understand. This person has duped me multiple times. Well, Jesus, you know, said, well, in fact, uh, if you go back to even Luke 17, and you kind of back up a couple of verses where we were, you know, uh, you know, I think it's Peter that kind of brings out, he says, you know, how many times, uh, how many times do we have to forgive somebody? Seven times. Seven times. I think, well, actually, it might be a different account, but he says seven times. He goes, no, 70 times seven. In this particular account, he says this, take heed, this is verse three of Luke 17, take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. I mean, no, that's okay, right? Listen, if something's wrong, you need to go talk to him about it, then do it. And if he repents, forgive him. Now, that doesn't mean that if he doesn't repent, you just hold a grudge against him. But anyway, he said, listen, that's, you, can, you don't have any, there's no, God don't have a problem if somebody has done you wrong and you need to go talk to him about it. But somewhere along the line, in the end of the day, you need to forgive him. Get past it. Next verse. And if he sins against you seven times, What? In a day? Oh, that's it. Heck no. And seven times in a day, return, he says, okay, I blew it. I'm sorry. You shall forgive him. Somebody says, Pastor, that's, that's, that's a lot to ask. I know that's why there's verse 5. Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If this dude, this turkey that's duped me, and he does it again today, seven times today, are you kidding me? And then one case, he says it this way, you know, 70 times seven. And you're like, 
Whew. And you think, what? I mean, what is it? God just want us to take abuse? How many of us know what it's about? It's not about... It's about getting it all, getting everything out of your heart, everything that's wrong. Amen. As far as the unforgiveness, get it gone because it'll destroy you. So why are you going to let the dealings of another individual be the thing that destroys your life? It isn't worth it. And some of you have been done wrong. No doubt you have. Some of you have been flat out duped, abused, mistreated. Taken advantage of, stolen from, lied about, manipulated. Boy, howdy. And sometimes it just seems easier to just punch him in the mouth. About that time, Jerry, you have ought in your heart. Listen, we're not making light of all the stuff that has gone on in your life. We're not denying that it has happened. And in many cases, it should have never happened. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just things that happen that they didn't even know they did. Right? Listen, we've all opened our mouth and hurt somebody. We've all done things, sometimes deliberately, sometimes not deliberately, that have hurt somebody. We've all been there. We've been on both sides of this. So that's why he says, you know, just you, you, can't, you can't hold unforgiveness and think it's going to be okay. It's going to mess up your life. It's going to mess up your faith. So you're trying to get a decisive victory, and it's going to be the thing that hangs you up. Are you still with me? Hebrews 12 and 15. Go ahead and put that one up. I think I'm going to use it. Looking careful lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Okay, now this is a word here. Okay, you're starting to get maybe we're talking about offense and talking about, you know, being uh, bitter. Okay, it's talking about being hateful, resentful. And it literally means poisoned. Okay, but it's referring to, again, coming out of unforgiveness. But it springs up and causes troubles, causes issues. Okay, because anything that's... Now, you were talking about something that's been there a while. Now, Trudy was just telling me, what was it you were talking about? Some little, that plant that your dad... Was it a fire fire bush? They call them back there, which are kind of like a branch of a... Like a tumbleweed. You know how a tumbleweed kind of grows and then it, it dies and it rolls off and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a little fire bush back there and... and there, yeah, just a little, little plant. But he says, you know, he's out there picking them, jerking them out of the yard and that kind of thing. And he said the one he got, he pulled it, and guess what? This root system came out. He said, he said it was out it was so long, he said, I went and got my tape measure. 35-inch root on a 4-inch plant. 35 inches. Did I say inch or feet? I said the inch, right? 35 inches. Okay. It might as well be 35 feet, 35 inches, okay, okay, off a little thing like that. And I'm thinking of this, okay, a root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble. And by it, many become defiled, tainted, that word also means. It also means contaminated. 
And I think that's kind of where this thing where unforgiveness is like a like drinking poison, expecting the other one to die. Unforgiveness continues the wounding, inflicting pain on ourselves. So I'm thinking about this root. And sometimes it's sometimes it's just we gotta pull that sucker out, get her gone. Right? Because it's doing damage. It's doing damage. Now, you know, my heart is not to just bring up, you know, some of you are kind of looking at me cross-eyed right now because I might be touching on something that's a little sensitive. But the, the problem is, see, that root of bitterness, that thing gets in there and it starts wrapping around everything, starts affecting everything. And you're not seeing it clearly because this, it's, all, it's now a part of you. So you're going along, you know, just like when the Lord told me, you have a root or you, ha- or you have ought in your heart. I'm thinking, I-, I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't see any of it. I didn't see any of it. Because my, lot, my, my mind went to the people I'm around right now, went around, you know, my wife and the people that I work with and, uh, you know, some of the people I'm starting to get to know at church. And, and I'm thinking I'm, that's where my mind went. It went there. I'm thinking, I, I'm like, I love these people. I like being around them. I, I don't get it. And all of a sudden he mentions names and it's like, ah, what is it? A root, 35 inch long root. Wrapping around everything in there I didn't even know it was there. I've been so accustomed to it, not even knowing that thing was there. And it was affecting my life, whether I knew it or not, or believed it or not. Whew. Man, am I glad you came today. Colossians 3 and 12, it says this, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another. You always knows that most of the time we're talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness. It's dealing with people, right? For the most part. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You must do. You also must do. Amen. Then it goes on putting on, amen, the uh, bond of perfection. Amen. Putting on the garment of love. Amen. And so the bottom line is how many know that love's got to play in this? Come on. I mean, there's really no forgiveness without love and no love without forgiveness. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Luke 23 and 34, let me just go ahead and read it. Before I let you go here, Jesus said to them, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That's like forgiveness at the the whole other end of the spectrum, so to speak, isn't it? And I, you know, you, you think about, okay, it's all the people doing something to him right then. You, you know, here he is, you know, on a cross. And, uh, but what a lot of people don't, don't understand, and I want you to hear this, because I've got to get this out before I let you go, okay? I believe with all my heart, he wasn't just referring to the people that were at his feet 
those standing there, the Roman soldiers, people spewing stuff out their mouth. And Remember earlier, the disciples, every one of them betrayed him. Every one of them. They all booked it. The word, if you even back up further in the Gospels about this, here he is doing communion. He said, with fervent desire, I long to do communion with him. The word even said, amen, that he broke bread even though they were going to betray him. He already knew when he was breaking bread with them, doing communion, he already knew they were all going to betray him that night. And the conversations came up. They said, we, no way, Lord. We die for you. Now, I believe that that was, you know, I believe in it. You know, that, you know, probably in their heart, they assumed that's what would happen. But, you know, your flesh is kind of weak. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, the same ones that said that they'd never leave him nor forsake him, they'd always be there, they'd die for him, all high-tailed it and booked it. In fact, the one said that I would die for you. He cowered to a little girl at the fire. I think I know you. No, you don't. You were with him. Not at all. I don't even know who you're talking about. Well, you kind of sound like him. Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Get away from me, little girl. I think you are. I think you're one of his... Off he goes, you wiener. But you know what? We've probably all been guilty of that mess. But I want you to know every one of the disciples hightailed it. So you think about, think about this. Well, pastor, I, I hear you. And I agree, we should, we should forgive. But... See, I've had people that were dear to me that really did me wrong. And they need to pay a price for that. Well, you know, you can hang on to that and see how far that gets you. Or you can let it go. You know, the ones that hurt the most are the ones you're closest with. That's a fact. That's a fact. And it does hurt. Yeah. 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 I've even shed a few tears from being hurt. I know. Sound like a wiener, don't I? But come on. Has anybody else ever been hurt bad enough that? Huh? All right. We all kind of know what to talk, you know. It's, it's those ones that are closest to you, that one. So I think that if the ones closest to you dupe you, that you should be able to get even. Because it would sure make me feel better. So I said all that for this, that when Jesus said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
I believe he wasn't just talking about just the, the people that were right there at that moment. I think he was talking about his, his brothers. Come on. Those that were closest to him. He released them all right there. Because in all honesty, they didn't know what they did. And many times people do things, say things, because out of hurt or out of pain or out of, you know, anger or out of, uh, you know, whatever, they don't really know what they're doing. Because if they did, they probably wouldn't do it. In most cases. Maybe not all, but in most cases. So, Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That ought to be a verse that you keep in your pocket. You pull it out about every other day going, Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they do. They're just stupid. Huh? Ignorant. Okay. I just think it's more of a spirit. Spirit of stupid gets on them. And they just do things that they shouldn't do, right? So, Lord, forgive them for they're stupid. No, no. For they know not what they do. Amen? I think it's something that needs to be alive in all of us. Amen? Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be a happier place if we did forgive each other? Now, listen, we're not excusing things. We're not saying that all that mess that goes on out there needs to be excused in that sense. We're just saying as far as keeping your heart right, it's better. Amen? Because you don't want to mess up your faith. Amen? And it's better to say, you know, Lord, I release them. I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but I release it. And I choose, amen, to keep my heart right. Amen. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, did you get something today? Give God praise, everybody. Come on. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.